Welcome to the Robert Affalter Show. I am Robert Affalter, and perhaps today we finally figured out what the background noise is. <laughs> so we'll see if this works better today. And I apologize for the previous episodes of the morning drive where you've got that constant background noise. That's pretty irritating. Anyway, let's see, what are we going to talk about today? Yesterday was programming. The day before was the proof of God, or the proof for God. And, of course, those two are linked by the idea that you are God, I guess, right? God is having an experience through you. Which gets us back, I guess, what I want to talk about today is the game of life. <laughs> I was sitting at my computer one night, and we had a little, in the house we lived in then, we had this little game room. And it was a computer room and a game room. So I was sitting at the computer. And my son, Matt, was sitting behind me on the floor playing Super Mario. And I could see him in the reflection on my computer screen. And I'm watching him, and he's really not mad at that point. He's being Super Mario. I mean, he's totally focused on Mario getting through the whatever it is he's up against. I really never played the game that much. But he's into it, and he's focused on it, and it's obvious to me that unless he's interrupted, he's not even thinking about being Matt. He's thinking about being Mario in the game. And I'm sitting there at my computer playing solitaire. And I thought, wow, what if we're just here to play a game? What if the whole purpose of life, the purpose of our existence, is to have a game? And one night I was having people over to my office, and we had a group meditation. And during this group meditation, I went into this spot, space, where there was nothing. Everything was kind of gray. I wasn't sensing anything. No sight or sound, just this kind of, uh, I guess gray would still be a sight, but just uh, like being in a fog where there's nothing. And it made me wonder, what if that's what things were like before the universe existed? What if you still had consciousness, but there was nothing to be conscious of? There was nothing to be aware of. All there was was this nothingness. And I wrote an article about it. <clears throat> and I titled it, In the Beginning I Was Bored. <laughs> and I've since found that some other people have had similar ideas. That we've actually created this, and we, I'm saying, is collectively this consciousness or God or universal intelligence, or whatever you want to call that part of ourselves that created everything. We originally created this so that we could have an experience. And if we are like God, if that is a true statement, if some part of us is like God and we start creating more and more games for ourselves, doesn't that point to some part of our nature? So when I look at life as a game, I say, well, let's see, if you look at the game of football, First, you get the idea for the game. And I think this is going to be true for any game. 
first you get the idea for the game and how it's going to be played and you come up with rules and then for many games you have to have some kind of equipment so for a football game you need at least a field and it helps if it's marked off so that you can have 10 yard increments because that's important to gain 10 yards in a series of four runs. I mean, that's part of the game. You have to have some way of keeping score. You have to have some way of knowing how you're doing in the game. And then, so you create a field. You create the rules, you create the field, and then you have to have players. And then you have to have a scorekeeper. And you know, There's a number of things that are involved. And if you look at any game, I think you'll find it similar. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you're playing cards, I like to play cards. I haven't, don't do it very much anymore, but in my younger days, I, I played a lot of cards. And no matter what the card game, one of the things that's required is a deck of cards. <clears throat> and sometimes, if, you know, different games, if I'm playing Old Maid with my children, that requires a different kind of deck of cards than if I'm playing poker with my friends, right? And the rules are different. And the rules for each game can be a little bit different. And then you set out to play the game. And some people say, well, the game of life really isn't a game. They don't like that idea. It really does appeal to me. I, I see life as a game. And some people say, well, it's not always fun. Well, football, when you're hitting each other, and struggling to make a goal. Some may say that's not fun either. Or boxing. I don't like getting hit. <laughs> so to somebody like me, boxing isn't fun. But some people enjoy that. Some people enjoy wrestling. And it's not fun as in funny, like humor. It's not a comedy. Some people, that's another example, some people might son-in-law enjoys being a performer and it doesn't have to be comedy but that's one of the things he's been good at is putting together a comedy routine but the idea is that we're here to play a game and how can you play it most successfully and I think once again it all starts with mental mastery if you take things too seriously you're going to get beaten up you're going to get beaten up anyway. <laughs> but <clears throat> the key is, someone told me, I knew someone once who used to work in, in the prisons in a prior existence. I think I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I remember uh, meeting him at IBM when I worked for IBM. And he was talking about working in the prisons for a while. And he said every day he wore tennis shoes because he wanted to have good traction because he knew he was going to get knocked down and he wanted to be able to get up quick. <laughs> so life knocks us down all the time. we got to be able to get up quick. I remember when I was in high school, I'd gone out for football. And it really wasn't big enough and didn't, <clears throat> didn't really have the desire to be a great football player. And therefore, I wasn't. <laughs> so, but I went out and was in, I guess, reasonable shape. But the assistant football coach 
at the time was also our gym teacher. And I was in gym class and he made, had us do all this stuff for physical training. And I completed most of what was asked of me. But by the end of the class, I was sick. And I was vomiting before I went to my next class. So I vomited a little bit and then got a drink of water and went to class. So I told the coach that night football practice what had happened. And he said, so you vomited and then what did you do? And I said, well, I got a drink of water and went to class and felt pretty good. <laughs> His comments always stuck with me. Here, here I am at 65 years old and I'm still remembering something that happened when I was, what, 17 maybe. Or and he said, you know, you're in pretty good shape if you can recover that quickly. And I'm finding that with patients too. It's not a matter of whether you get sick or not. It's how, how well do you recover? How quickly do you recover? And some people will get what seems to be violently ill and recover quite quickly. Other people will hardly notice anything and recover and not even know some, coronavirus is a good example. Some people don't even know they've been sick. Other people are severely sick and die. And then there's a few I think that, I guess I haven't heard of any. Let's, let's, I haven't heard of any that got severely sick and just got well quickly. But I've seen that in my own life. A good example is if I drink too much, if I drink too much alcohol, I vomit pretty profusely or pretty intensely and recover fairly quickly. But it's not a fun experience, that's for sure. So I don't drink a lot. <laughs> I just don't enjoy that experience. But anyway, I'd like you to think about the game of life and how you're playing it. And the first step, of course, is getting control of your mind. Because if you don't get control of your mind, you're going to have these thoughts that you can't win. Or everything's everybody's out to get you. Or whatever. Come, I'm sure you've got something playing in your head right now. Whether it's positive or negative is up to you. And it gets back to this programming that I talked about yesterday. Have you got programs running in your mind that you can't do things that you're not good enough or something's just not meant to be and you give up? And, or do you take control and go, well, this happened, but now I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn from this mistake and I'm going to do something different. A good example might be this background noise that keeps appearing in my audios as I'm recording these morning drives. It'd be easy. In fact, I thought about it. And we'll see how this works out. I'm, I'm still experimenting with the exact right combination of things. And right now I'm just holding my phone and using the microphone in the phone. And what's happened before is I was using an external microphone that apparently wasn't working with my phone, wasn't turning off the internal mics. So anyway, we're going to see how this works out today, but if it doesn't work, if I can't figure that out, I'll figure out something else. I'll mount the phone to my car or I'll do something different. I'm going to keep working at this to see if I can find a way to be able to do a podcast on my way to the office in the morning. 
And ultimately, if I can't figure out any way to do it, that's still not going to keep me from doing a podcast because I know I did the first one or two at my office with my microphone and a computer, and they came out great. So I know it can be done. It's just a matter of which way am I going to do it. I really like this idea of doing it on my way to the office, but that also eliminates listening to the audible books and other things that I enjoy doing as I make this daily commute. But back to the point, the point is, do you let these circumstances get you down or do you just go around them, over them, succumb? Succumb, I says, do you overcome? That's the word I should have used, overcome. Overcome the circumstances and accomplish what you want in life. And when we accomplish what we want, I think we really need to think about what it is we really want. Are you focused on money? What about your relationships? What about your health? Somebody told me long ago that we spend the first half of our lives ignoring our health, trying to accumulate wealth, and the second half spending our wealth trying to regain our health. And there's certainly some truth to that. A patient told me that they call it the golden years as you get older because that's when the doctors make their gold. <laughs> and there's some truth to that too. Think how often the elderly are going to doctors. I, like I say, I'm on my way to see my mother now. And we certainly spend a lot more money. I know this statistically. I'm seeing it with my mother as well. We spend a lot more money in the later years of life on our health care than we do at any other time in our lives. That seems to be the natural way of things. But one of the things I really appreciate about my mother is she's got a good attitude. And she always has. And if you can cultivate a good attitude, you're so much more fun to be around. And if you can maintain that as you start to lose your mind so that you can laugh at whatever happens and come out on, well, should I say on top? I guess on top of the circumstance. However, it's just, it's interesting how people enjoy my mother. How many people tell me they love my, I love your mom. That's a common comment or, your mother's so sweet or, you know, whatever. And I can tell that they enjoy having her around. They want to do things for her because she's pleasant. <laughs> she's just, and she's always got a smile and a thank you. And she's not too pushy about needing anything or wanting something. And compare that to some of the other people you know who are super pushy. And no matter how much they get, they don't appreciate it. They don't have any gratitude for really what really happens in their life. And you just don't even want to be around them. Or they're so narrow-minded that they've got everything figured out. And you can't tell them anything. They don't want to be open-minded and try to share ideas. They already know everything. And what they want to do is tell you what they know. And what, what we really enjoy is having an exchange of ideas. 
and certainly that's what I enjoy. I, I really enjoy the writings of Napoleon Hill, and I, I've got his audios too, so I've, I've listened to some of his lectures. And, of course, he was the man that wrote Think and Grow Rich is what he's most famous for. But one of the things he said is he'd rather trade an idea with somebody than just get money. He said, I'd rather give somebody an idea and get an idea in return than give somebody an idea and get money back. And that's pretty interesting, isn't it? What would you rather do? Would you rather sit and have a discussion with somebody and feel like you contributed to their expansion as well as them contributing to yours? Or would you just rather get paid for your idea? Kind of interesting, huh? And I think it depends on, of course it depends on your position. If I'm in the position of being a consultant, people expect to be paying me for my ideas to help them have an idea, <laughs> to help expand their business or improve their health or improve their relationships. And of course, I'm happy to do that. I'm happy that I can help people and they enjoy paying me, but I also enjoy just sitting down with friends and having discussions and trying to find the truth of a situation or trying to find a common thread that we can agree on, on how to expand our business, how to expand our relationships, how to improve our health. And those are the key things in life. And that's what I was getting back to a little bit ago, is if you're just focused on money. We had a friend who's been really focused on money. His health suffers, his relationships suffer. Well, he says that's what, that's what makes him happy. It makes him happy to, to work really hard and make money, and yet he complains on, well, I don't have get enough sleep. I don't have time to take care of my health. Because he's prioritized being in his business and selling things to make money. And it's up to you to decide. I can't tell you how you're going to come down on that situation. But I suggest you look at things and, and think about what you're going to appreciate most as you go through life. And I think we find that most of us want to balance want to have enough money to do the things we want to do. And at the same time, we want to have enough time to do the things we want to do. And we want to have relationships so we got people in our lives that we can do things with. A good example is I'm going out with my son, at least the plan is to go out with my son late this afternoon and go crabbing again. And I'm pleased that I have the time to be able to go out and do that. And I'm pleased that I have the money <laughs> to be able to afford the gasoline and the bait and all the things that are required to be able to go out on the boat and put down the pots to look for crab. Well, what it really gets down to is how do we want to spend our time? Each of us is given a certain amount of time in the day. And I've had people tell me, well, I just don't have time. I don't I see how you have time to do whatever it is you do. Well, we both have the same amount of time. 
We both have 24 hours in a day. And I've just prioritized things a little differently than other people. And as an example, you may wonder, well, how do I have time to do a podcast? Well, because I'm doing it during my daily commute. How do I have time to listen to books or read books? Well, I listen to them on Audible during my commute. How do I have time to write any books? Well, because I've chosen to do that instead of choosing to do some other things in my life. And it's not about being like me, of course. It's about being like you. Whatever it is that you truly enjoy is the way you should be living your life. And I think it's a mistake to have a coach or consultant or anybody that tries to tell you, well, you have to live like this because they know better. So that's one of the things to look for. And one of the things, or the other thing you can do, I shouldn't keep saying one of the things, I guess it is one of the things, it's not the only thing, but one of the things to think about is when you're watching your mind, what are the thoughts that keep coming up to you? What are you thinking about? And is that what you really be thinking about? Are those true things, things that you truly want, or are they things that you'd rather not be thinking about? And if you'd rather not be thinking about, stop thinking about it. Change your mind. Change your brain. That's what mental mastery, of course, is all about. All right, I'm pulling up into Bellingham, so we're going to stop for today. Once again, this is Robert Affalter signing off. And thanks again for listening. I appreciate it. And please pass this on along to your friends. If you've gotten some help out of this, pass this along. And let's help everybody grow a little bit, be a little happier. And that's really the key to success is being happy in whatever it is you're doing in life. All right. Have a great day.